Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to It's a Fandom Thing. I'm your host, Erin Marlowe, and each week I'm joined by a panel of guests to discuss all things fandom and pop culture, primarily from a female perspective. You'll find everything from fanfic, to cosplay, to Schitt's Creek, to Supernatural, and everything in between. So put on your favorite piece of fandom merch, set aside that fanfic that you're writing about your OTP, and sit back and enjoy this week's episode. Hello. Just adding a quick trigger warning here. Uh, During our third segment, which is when we talk about Penn Badgley, we do discuss some things that um, could verge in the territory of uh, sexual harassment, somebody violating someone's bodily autonomy, and such. So just wanted to give a quick trigger warning for that. Thanks so much. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Pop Culture and Fandom News. And I have a great, amazing panel with me, two podcast co-hosts, and then one of the best podcast guests you can ever have on, Tiff. And and Tiff is coming to us from her uh, lavish <laughs> ballroom. I keep wanting to say ballroom. It's not a ballroom, but piano. Room. This is a family room. This is just a family room. You know, it's just it's very it's, it's very casual. It's just a place where we hang out. You know, very casual. Very casual. Just grand piano, roughly sixteen hundred square feet. I mean, we we just sit and we you know we just drink Voss together. That's all we do. It's just we drink Voss water. <laughs> It's it's fine. It's just all cash. Yes, and th- they just they just sit there and like they share eggs because you know their price is commodity right now. So they just <laughs> flaunt their egg having in front of the whole neighborhood. Flaunt their egg having. <laughs> what you don't know is that I have a coop. It, I have a I have a, an Avery in the in the in the backyard in the on the land. On the, on the land, land yes. <laughs> it's very farm to table there. It is. It is. <laughs> That's hilarious. Well, and also joining me is my uh, now official co-host, Carla from Bedwetter Behead. Woo! <laughs> uh, and then. <laughs> Kim from Big Reputations Pod that she co-hosts with Bex. And I don't, was the last time you were on here, was that The Purge during Horror Month? Yes, it was The Purge and Final Destination. I'm not sure which yes. one was last, but that's the last time I was here. Yes, those were fun. Those, those were, were a so lot fun. of fun. Yeah. Yes, and this will be a spoiler for for the three of you, but by the time this drops, we would have already had our Fandom Choice Awards. But it's funny because one of the things people could do was a write-in of like one of their favorite moments um, and a moment maybe that meant a lot to them. And we did get feedback about the Final Destination episodes, episodes, and they said, 
I loved those because I've watched all of the Final Destination movies, but never realized how deep some of them ran. <laughs> so <laughs> I thought that was pretty cool. <laughs> they do, especially that last one, that last one that like, spoiler yes. alert, like comes full circle. Like it's incredibly deep. Yeah, that one's, yes. that one's a great one. Also, connecting to Final Destination. Uh, so I was very lucky to interview uh, the cast, some of the cast, and the writer and director of this new film, um, Who Are You People? And one of the cast members, since we have a lot of Gen X and Millennial listeners, is Devin Sawa. So I was lucky enough to interview him. Super, super nice guy. I was very happy about that, I have to say, because sometimes you never know. But really, really super nice guy. So look for that tomorrow, Thursday. Those interviews will be dropping, as we always do. Oh, and I'm Erin, your host. I know. I always forget to introduce myself because I'm like the little intro introduces me. So once again, I'm Erin, the best host in the world. Welcome to my brain deadness. So, Carla, save me from myself <laughs> and tell me. What one thing right now in pop culture is making you want to sing from the rooftops? Well, everything makes me want to sing from the rooftops. But what I am very much into that is inspiring that, I guess, maybe, maybe not, I don't know, is the book Verity by Colleen Hoover. I started reading it because it was cheap. And so I bought a copy. It was a mega sale. And I was like, ooh, I like the cover. That's how I choose a lot of books, by the way. And that that strategy has rarely led me wrong. Um, so I, I picked the book because it looked really cool on the cover. I liked that the title was Verity because it made no sense. I am like, I am here for some interesting black bag background, green foregroundish nonsense. And it's <laughs> it, it ends up being a thriller. And like there's, if there's suspense and there are, it's like basically a soap opera is what it comes down to. It's like a soap opera in kind of thriller form. It makes me feel like I'm watching a 1990s movie. Like I'm watching like a, a Julia Roberts, Sandra Bullock, um, girl in peril movie where there are things going on that you can't possibly imagine, but you kind of do. But then. You start to like see what's happening and you're like, oh my God, I totally knew this was happening, but I kind of also didn't, but in like a very exciting way. So, um, and the writing I think is, is pretty solid. I think it's, uh, it's something that I'll probably want to read again at some point, just to pat myself on the back about how right about I, I was about some things, because that's my, that's my favorite part of anything to do with like thrillers. It's like when I guess something and I'm right. Yes, I, I agree. When you figure out who it is, especially if what is even more thrilling, no pun intended there, but what's even more exciting is when you figure it out and nobody else has been able to figure it out and somehow you're just smarter than everybody else. Yes. God, that's such a rush. <laughs> <laughs> There's one thing like, okay, because back in the day, I wanted to, to be a research um, neuropsychologist and it was in no small part, because I wanted to discover something that nobody else ever had. So I could be like, look at me being super smart in public. And then I decided that wasn't a great, very good motivation for pursuing that line of work. So I just didn't do it. Probably for the better of humanity. I mean, like, you know. For the better of humanity. What can I say? I'm just giving like that. 
And Kim, what is making you want to go out there with the people drag racing right now and sing (laughs) while they're drag racing? (laughs) Well, it's making me want to like leave the city and go somewhere else to eat some very excellent food. I've been watching the Great Soul Food Cook-Off. It's on HBO Max. It was under their like uh, Black History Month category. And I was like, what is this? And it's just like eight black chefs and they're talking about the history of soul food, what soul food means to them, like their hardships in like the kitchens and being like the only person of color in like many kitchens and how long it took them to get where they are. And it's like at one point I'm like crying because it's so beautiful and their stories are so heartbreaking. And then I just like want to go to Atlanta and eat all the most amazing food. Like I've low-key booked this trip in my mind already where I just want to like eat my way through the South. Like I want grits. I want shrimp. I want pig's feet. Like I want all the heavy soul food. And I, it's all because of the show. So I'm very, very much into soul food right now because of the show. Oh, I love that. Yeah. It, it, Atlanta is, has amazing food. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's been yeah. on my list of like places to go to for a while. And then I was like, but we could just go and eat there. We can take a weekend and just do that. Like that's easy enough. <laughs> Yeah, it's it, yeah. I at the time I went there, it was freezing cold though. So I kind of I don't want to go back when it's really really hot though. That's <laughs> that's always my thing. Whenever I go to New Orleans, I'm like, it was cold when I went that one time. I'll go in June. Mistake. <laughs> no, just deal with the cold. <laughs> I always feel like the cold is a better time than yes. the heat. Anyway, yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. And can I just Very throw true. in? I love New Orleans for sentimental reasons. I went there for a psychology conference. Um, mm-hmm. like. My, my last semester of college, mm-hmm. um, I kind of like slipped in last minute because somebody else dropped out and they, they, they're like, hey, Carla, you have a good presentation. You want to go to New Orleans? I'm like, uh, yeah. So I went, I did the presentation briefly, and then we explored the city and we went on tours and mm-hmm. it was really nice. And I ate a lot and I am so yeah. happy for food. That's, that city <laughs> is great for food. And like the people are so great. Like the people are so welcoming, welcoming and They'll like let you know their favorite place to go. Like we had people take us to their favorite place. They're like, this place is awesome. Come with us. We're going tomorrow. And it's like, okay, stranger, let's go eat some oysters together. New Orleans is awesome. Just it's so hot. It's so hot there. (laughs) (laughs) And Tiff, what's making you want to go over to that grand piano and start playing a tune? (laughs) What's making me want to tickle the ivories in my grand salon behind me? is a show that I don't believe it's no, I, it's technically like up in the air. It has not been renewed, but it hasn't been canceled, but it's called Secrets in Ice or Secrets in the Ice. It was um, on the Science Channel and it's all about things with the, the climate change in place. You know, this is somewhat unfortunate, obviously, but it does release a lot of secrets to what we would have never seen had, you know, 100, 200, 300 years ago this stuff would never have been seen. Like when the permafrost starts melting or thawing out and you see a fully grown woolly mammoth in Siberia, or when the ground in Nunavut starts uh, becoming slush. And now there is a huge ship at the bottom of this bay that nobody knew anything about, you know, this huge whaling ship from like the 18th century. It is so, so fascinating. Um, it's also quite frightening when they talk about <laughs> dormant diseases that have been lying dead for like 30,000 years. And guess what? 
they woke that bad boy up. It's called Malavirus. And it's like a thousand times bigger in size than any regular virus out there. This thing is ginormous. And they put it in a la- in the lab. They put it in the, you know, in the, the Petri dish with an amoeba. And it's on the amoeba. Like that. I love the sound oh effects, too. I know. <laughs> that was amazing. <laughs> That's what it looked like. <laughs> On screen, that's what it looked like. They didn't make noises, but in my head, that's what I was hearing. (laughs) It's too bad that they don't make noises because then you would know to run away from it. Like, what's that I hear? Oh, no. Oh, no. It's the mother virus coming for me. So, yes. But um, but it's fascinating. It is completely fascinating. They found a 5,400-year-old. They call her the Ice Maiden. It was a – she was a – a shaman of the Pazaric people of the Siberian plains. And she was buried with all of this wealth, six horses. She was buried with six horses. We're talking about like, this is like Egyptian Pharaoh kind of level stuff. She's buried with six horses, gold, jewels, all of this stuff. It's, I mean, it is absolutely amazing. And they, these mummies are perfect. They are in perfect, perfect condition because they've been frozen for so long. And they also, I shouldn't just say it's not just the ancient stuff that they're looking at as well. They're also doing like modern day investigations because they managed to find the man who may have actually become the first person to traverse the uh, Mount Everest. Everybody thinks it's Sir Edmund Hillary, you know, 1953 with his Sherpa, Ting Ting Norvay, but it might not have been. It might have been this guy named George Mallory in 1920 something and they found george mallory's mummy perfect condition absolutely pristine looked like he was sleeping face down in the snow and the ice sorry carla that's it (laughs) (laughs) because i'm picturing every bit of it like as you're saying it so asleep so i'm thinking you know, like asleep, just like no. resting. And then you're like face down. So in my mind, I flip him over and then you're like in the snow. Oh, another layer of imagination now. <laughs> no, he was, yeah, he was in the snow. But I mean, like everything is like his skin had retained the elasticity. You know, this is a, this is a hundred year old. Well, he was founded like, I think 20, I want to say 2016, something like 2015, 2016. So we're talking about almost a century though. And the skin was perfect. Pale, but perfect. <laughs> yeah, check it out. It's cool. It's on demand. Um, like if you have Spectrum, I know it's on demand, but I was looking it up. It's also on Fubo. I don't know what that is. Fubo. It's like a live TV thing, I think. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I was looking it up on looking it up on the Googles. But yeah. Yeah, it's fun though. I can't stop watching. I just keep thinking of starts of horror films with all the stuff you're describing. <laughs> No, the virus is definitely the start of a horror film. It's definitely the end of days when we talk about the virus. Absolutely. We're talking about that Mala virus. I know. I'm like, like, oh my gosh, we're Here's the size. Here's, you know, a regular virus is like, think about a pinpoint, right? A pinpoint. Uh It would fit like a quarter of the way in a pinpoint. The Mala virus is like if you took a Sharpie and like, bop, right on the paper. That's what the Mala virus looks like. And it chomps. <laughs> Have you ever thought of going into sound effects, Tiff? I wanted to be <laughs> VO you know, work. Let me tell you, I wanted to be a foley artist 
when I found out like how they made those noises, like when they'd be like, you yeah. know, when they close the door and then they just like footsteps and you have this guy on the thing with like, like hammers going bop, 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 bop. I find that hilarious. So I totally wanted to be a Foley artist when I was in high school. That would be awesome. Yeah. So awesome. Well, you definitely did some good job there. You're, you're our official sound effects person. Oh! <laughs> I can do a train. And you can start using your grand piano to start composing symphonies. Our new intro, our new podcast intro. Give me a couple days. Yeah. I'll get it done. Well, I'm going to mention it again just uh, because and mention who all is going to be on the interview. But uh, the movie Who Are You People is going to be available. I think it's going to be in select theaters, but it's going to be on demand this Friday, the 24th. And I do want to say, and if you don't want any spoilers, don't listen. But I do want to give a, a trigger warning for this movie. And that's why I said, I mean, it's something that you don't learn until like uh, you're almost through it. But trigger warning for um, for sexual assault. You don't see the sexual assault. There is a weird moment with one of her, with this girl's teacher. But it is mentioned and it's this big like whoa like i just think it'll probably get uh, probably garner a lot of interesting conversations from people because what this movie is about is about this young teenager alex played by emma horvath who i'm not a lord of the rings person so i had no idea who she was but she is fantastic oh my gosh she basically is in every scene of this movie um practically she like carries this film and she's 16, and she has always felt out of place with her family. Um, her mom, played by Alyssa Milano, and um, her dad, played by John John Ailes. And she's always felt like, you know, she like the title says, who are you people? Like, that's how she feels. Like, she doesn't belong there. Uh, they treat their twin, um, their twin daughters who are younger than her. They treat them a lot more differently and they treat them like they were this amazing gift because they, they, it was, they had a hard time, you know, her mom had a hard time getting pregnant with the twins and all of that. And so she's always felt kind of out of place. And then she discovers this letter. This isn't too much of a spoiler. It happens pretty soon. She discovers this letter and it shows her this different side of her mom. Like her mom's this very stuffy person. And then this letter is like talking about her mom, like being in a band and art and all this. And it's this letter from this guy, Carl, played by Devin Sawa. And she gathers from this letter that Carl is her real dad. And so she goes, runs away, and goes to find Carl, who is living with his uh, cousin, played by Yardley Smith, who is also absolutely fantastic in this movie. And uh, Carl is very cold to her at first, and then... He warms up a little bit. He's an alcoholic who is not drinking. He used to draw and he's not doing that anymore. He's working as a mechanic. And so basically it's your typical like, you know, movie of uh, character driven of someone trying to find their place in the world and finding that, you know, father that they never knew and connecting with them. But then there's another thing that happens. And so I just think it's an interesting film because I think the big question in this movie is, are people redeemable? What's redeemable? How do we find forgiveness? 
How do we find our place in the world? And also what I really appreciate is it's also exploring the topic of people that do horrible things don't outwardly look like horrible people all the time. And so that's why I think it'll be very interesting to hear the conversation surrounding this movie. And I just don't want to give, I I just wanted to make sure to give that trigger warning because I had no idea. And it was a very shocking thing when this one thing happens. And, you know, you find out this one bit of information. And yeah, so if you want more information, you want to know specifically what that bit of information is. So you're prepared going in. Let me know. Um, In a way, I kind of liked that I didn't know just because of what I think it really was trying to say. But just to let you know, again, my interviews with the writer and director, Ben Epstein, who is, oh my gosh, I love this guy. He is he's so sweet and nice and just a genuinely um, kind person. And then, of course, Devin Sawa and then Emma Horvath. And then also sweet, sweet guy, Peter Peros, who plays um, Reggie in this, who's a sheriff and who... Um, has some history with Carl as well. So look for those dropping tomorrow and look for that movie. If you like character driven movies that are really about human beings and, and forgiveness and all of that, then I definitely recommend who are you people. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why, what do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Okay, so next up, Carla. What is making you either want to write an aria or burn all your CDs? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I, I, I don't think I want to burn all of my CDs, just maybe the ones that I regret buying. Um, you know, like you have the, those CDs that like you buy because there are two songs on the radio that you really like, and then you buy the CD, and then the rest of it is totally rank, and you're like, I cannot believe I just wasted twenty dollars. This is back when CDs cost that much. But anyway, okay, so I'm really, really frustrated because it's specifically for me right now. Our flag means death. They haven't released a release date for the second season. There aren't any, you know, previews or trailers or anything like that. And like, it's, it's no, you know, there's nobody to blame about this. It's not like, I I can't go to David Jenkins and be like, sir, (laughs) I have been waiting for this show for almost a year now. I am very mildly inconvenienced in my life about this. And I will speak loudly about my mild inconvenience. 
it's it's just it's not a big deal but as a fan it's like you want to know when things are happening for the show that you love so much so it, it's just like useless rage <laughs> because you know th- nobody can can fix it except for i guess hbo max who's the one who was uh who aired the show in the first place and right now my relationship with hbo max is very rocky due to all of the bs that they've pulled recently we've discussed it at length about how they have ditched so many shows and movies and things that you can't find anywhere else because they were only there and so you know i'm already kind of mad at them but like (sighs) can we please just have a date to look forward to because i think that's like something with with fans we like concrete things, but especially when it comes to, sh- to shows that are renewed that we're very much looking forward to, we want to have the ability to count down to it because it's, you know, the ephemeral notion of liking something and of, and of enjoying something and of no- knowing that it's coming back. I, I It's going to sound ridiculous, but there's so much that feels like quicksand in this world these days. And it feels like at any point now especially living in this country, you know, like we're in a country that, that you walk out your door and you're kind of taking your life into your own hands by just doing that. We're in a, in a country where this pandemic is not being taken seriously by almost anybody. So, you know, like you're taking your life into your hands in that way too. And it's just comforting to know when something good is going to happen for you. It's it's silly, I know. It's silly and it's insignificant, but it is significant to me to know that something that I that I that's going to make me happy for at least four hours is waiting for me at some point in the day. When you know, when um movies are announced to be streaming or when they announce, oh hey, on April twenty second you'll get to watch this movie that you're just now hearing about that looks pretty cool because it has cool people in it that has a pe- premise that eh, it's kind of okay, but it has the people that you like in it. It's just something that, that kind of that you can put in your date book or your Google calendar or whatever the hell you're using. If you're young and don't write things down on paper, like I do to just hang on to and feel like there is something of joy still out there in the world. You know, it, it sounds very, apocalyptic and dramatic but at the same time I, I think a lot of us are in the same boat where with you know there's inflation there's um I, I, in florida for sure a lot of us had, have had our um our home insurance rates go up by like three thousand or more dollars in the year after a heavy increase last year so the bad news keeps raining down on us. Just like, throw me a bone, HBO Max. You know, like, throw me a bone. Um, so it, it's useless frustration. And I just really want my gay pirates back. Like, I don't think that's too much to ask. No, it's true. That does get very frustrating when you don't know and when you don't hear anything. And I think that, you know, especially with everything that's going on with HBO and Showtime and all of that, it can also make you afraid that what if something has changed? Yeah. So and like, that's, that's the thing. It's yeah. like, it makes me so nervous. And I don't even want to think about that because there's so much already to think about. This is one thing where I don't want to use my brain. It's like, just assuage me that things are going to be all right with this one thing. Just give me this one thing. 
you know, like there's, there's plenty that I'm already asking for, but this one thing is something that can be done, I think fairly easily. And that will make me just so happy for those fleeting minutes until then the next thing that'll keep me happy for a few more fleeting minutes comes around. Yeah. And Kim, what is making you want to go and join the drag racers while singing or no, you're going to write a special aria just for the drag racers to show your appreciation all of a sudden, or what's making you want to go out there and yell at them and scream at them and write an angry aria until they shut up and stop drag racing. I think the use of scream is a perfect segue because what I'm upset about is I'm not going to get to see the new scream movie in theater because I refuse to see it because Nev Campbell is not in it. And I know that that's me making my choice, but like the studio made their choice Mm -hmm. to not include Nev Campbell, who's been this film from the beginning. Like I've seen every scream in theater, like opening weekend. I've been like obsessed with this franchise and the fact that they just, I don't, I would love to be a fly on the wall to know how much she asked for that they wouldn't meet because like how many more screams are they going to make that they're just like, no, we don't need you in any of these ever again. You know, like I also don't, I can't see her asking for like $2 billion, you know, like I feel like they have the money and the fact that she's not in them means I will not see them. It also, I don't know if it's just me being like bitchy about it, but I'm like, this movie doesn't look good anyway. And it's like set in New York (laughs) and they're on like a fake New York city subway, which I hate. So I I live in New York and when they do scenes in subways and they look all boxy and weird, I hate it. It takes me out of the movie. So I'm like, well, maybe it's better. I'm not seeing this one because it's probably like filmed in New York in quotes, but it's going to be like white ass Los Angeles streets. And like, I'm going to know it's not New York. So maybe I'm doing myself justice with not seeing it. But it really, really like grinds my gears that she's not in it. And I just like, I refuse to see it. I refuse to see it completely. But on the flip side, I did hear rumblings about a, I still know what you did last summer, like sequel in the works. So I'm kind of holding on for hope about that. Maybe, maybe there'll be more. But if they don't put Brandy in it, then I don't want to see it either. So <laughs> we'll see what happens. <laughs> Yeah, that whole thing is so ridiculous because you mm-hmm. would that movie would not be what it is without Nev Campbell. It's, it's just disrespectful. I mean, and and even though she wasn't the main person really in the last Scream movie, you mm-hmm. still had to have her there. She yes. still was essential. And I and from what I gather, they did have her written originally to be in this, mm-hmm. but then because they didn't want to pay her what she's worth, because she was demanding basically to be paid like a man is paid in the business. So it's yeah. like I mean, come on, you could have done that. You're going to make so much money exactly. on this movie. It's- and it just feels like kind of how like older women are treated in Hollywood. Yes. It, this is like such an example of that. And like, not to like, I love Jenny Ortega, but they have like lots of younger women in this movie. And it's like, they're kind of washing out the older ones. I know Courtney Cox is in it. I don't know if she'll live. I wonder if they're going to like get I rid of her too. Because she's, yeah. I mean, because David Arquette's not in it anymore either. So this might be them getting rid of all the old people, which is like so ridiculous. Like there's still a place for old people. I want them there. I want to see people and stuff. I'm old too. So like, I get it. But it's just, it's (laughs) annoying that 
I don't know. Maybe it's just I feel so old because like Jenny Ortega is so young. <laughs> All these kids She's are child. so young. Yeah, they're so young. And I'm just like, maybe I feel like I'm also being moved out of the <laughs> horror franchise. I'm taking it personally, I think. <laughs> well, you know, it is. And, and another thing with the new, just as a warning to anybody, if you don't know this, um, it's leaked who um, ghost faces in this new one. People are already spoiling it everywhere. Who And this movie hasn't even come out yet. People are mean and cruel. <laughs> so so if you are planning on seeing it, just a yeah, just a just a heads up on that that it is being spoiled out there as well. So you might want to mute the words, you know, ghost face and scream six and all of that stuff. So but yeah, I I agree. When I heard Nev Campbell wasn't gonna be in it, I I mean I will, I'm gonna be honest, I will probably watch it once it's streaming. But to be honest, I actually didn't like the last Scream movie as much as everybody else did. So I'm, I know, I'm sorry, Kim. I know everybody loved it. <laughs> I, I went in being like, this movie's gonna suck, and it actually really surprised me that I didn't hate it. The one before that, I hated. I think Scream Four with like a yeah, Emma Pantanier. Yeah, that one was so bad. So I went into Scream 5 like, well, this will probably suck. And I think my bar was so low that I was like, oh, I was very like pleasantly surprised by like the twist that it took. So I didn't hate it. But I feel like I probably would hate this new one. And I'll watch it when it's streaming, but I will not go to the theaters and like pay my dollars to see a movie with no Neff Campbell. Yeah, I, th- I think it was because it was hyped up so much the last one, and so mm. my expectations were so high because mm. people were saying it was so good, and I also and I loved Ready, um, and I loved um, Ready or Not, mm-hmm. which was done by the same people. So I was like, oh, okay, I'm really excited about this because it's it's hard to get excited also about Scream with, and this is nothing they can do anything about because Wes Craven passed away, but it's still, you know, they're still part of that. But yeah, not having Nev Campbell is like. Uh, and it, and I was very Dewey was my absolute favorite character, and so I un- I understood why they did what they did, but it was still very painful for me because <laughs> I, lo- I loved and David Arquette is just it was so fantastic. I, I just want to say that for the I still know what you did last summer, which what the hell are they going to call it? I still also know and have not forgotten what you did that one summer. Like 15 ago. years ago. <laughs> I have oh it on VHS. <laughs> I have it on VHS and beta. I have it on Laserdisc. Beta. And CDs. I even put it on a tape just in case because I back up all my media. That's a very long title, but I don't know. But I do hope <laughs> that if Brandy comes back. <laughs> got that title. It's like that one Fiona Apple CD, um, but but I hope that if Brenda comes back, she comes back as her character from Queens. I don't know if anybody watched the show Queens with her and with Eve. Oh my gosh, just it's. But this is a whole other recommendation, I guess, because it's very cheesy. It's very, but it was it was I think very good, and she actually gets to rap in it, which I loved. She was so amazing in it. But that would be like really cool, like a whole I think 180 from her younger day characters. In the long title, and, the, and then also it could be like you know the subheader. Talk about holding a grudge, my god! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seriously, like let it go. <laughs> I'm also angry that I have not been able to afford therapy all of these yeah. years, and therefore I'm still angry about that one thing, that one time. That one thing the one time was murder, though. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, like, 
If you want to get technical about it. <laughs> the whole family is dead at this point because, like, they killed his son, too. So I don't know who's still mad about it. Well, I mean, I don't know, know what it would be. That the, the son was twins. <laughs> Probably something like that. Something like that. <laughs> so, Tiff, what is making you want to write a piece of music that's just as beautiful as Beethoven's music? Or wanting you to set fire to your grand piano. I cannot touch my baby grand back here. It's just, it's, it's too beautiful. I'm sorry. It will remain pristine. But I'm telling you, what makes me want to listen and participate in killer clown thrasher music is the fact that Netflix, for some reason, has my algorithm completely jacked up. I don't know if somebody jumped in to my profile and started watching some really weird stuff, but I have recommendations for nothing but foreign films. Nothing but foreign films. I mean, German films. I, I don't speak German. And yes, I can read subtitles. I know how to read. But seriously, where is this coming from? Where is this coming from? Well, they took a look at your living room and were like, this lady clearly... <laughs> Only watches foreign things. She's well-traveled. Look at this piano. Yes. yes. I mean, I had to get the extra booklet in my passport because, you know, that's what I do. That's how we roll. But but the fact of the matter is, can I get some just standard, you know, Emily the criminal, Emily whatever <laughs> recommendations on Netflix? I have not seen that. That has not popped up at all. That Reese Witherspoon movie, that's like terrible with Ashton. Kutcher. You're lucky that hasn't <laughs> yeah, popped. Exactly. <laughs> but the point is, it didn't pop up. That's the point. I didn't even have the opportunity to choose not to watch it because I didn't even know it existed <laughs> because of Netflix. All I have to say, all I have to keep, I'm just scrolling past. Like, okay, what? What? The, the, the Turks? The Ottomans? The, what? <laughs> I just keep going bye 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 bye. So I end up watching like, you know, the same stuff over and over again because. I don't know what's out there. Thanks, Netflix. Or whomever messed up my algorithm. <laughs> I see you. I see you, FBI. I see you. That was, that was amazing. I could have never predicted what you were going to say. <laughs> okay. Um, how do I follow that? Jeez. Uh <laughs> did, I, did, I make you, did I make you speechless? That's why that's what I that's my like that's my goal when I come in is to make Aaron speechless. <laughs> I love it. That should be our goal going forward. <laughs> yes, that's the goal. I don't know if that's a good thing because or you just don't want to hear me talk. I don't know. <laughs> I love hearing you talk. Hush your face. <laughs> I love hearing you talk. Stop talking. <laughs> What I loved the most about that, though, was when you open up with the killer clowns. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? That like heavy metal thrasher music, but it's like people in scary clown makeup. Yes. Oh, about. yeah. 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 Yes. Well, there's also killer clowns from outer space. There's that song. Yes. Killer exactly. clowns. <laughs> I have no idea what, they, what albums they have, but that's what I'm talking about right <laughs> That just was the part that really... <laughs> Anyway, um, well, now I feel weird going to something like more serious here, but 
I know I have already lamented about this a couple episodes ago, but I am so, so sick of people just choosing to, basically what I'm sick of is people getting sick of people being hurt, upset, feeling scared, feeling angry at people who are predators, people who are transphobic, people who are racist, people who are just name anything, still being able to work in Hollywood and people still celebrating them. And I'm sick of people saying, I'm so tired of people speaking about this. Can we just move on? Can we just enjoy what we enjoy? And this came about when somebody posted something about in relation to Harry Potter and someone commented on there, you know, the death about from Harry Potter that I'm most upset about is J.K. Rowling's Rowling's dis, any kind of decency that that person has, and how horrible she is. And then someone responded and said, oh, "Well, come on, Granny, Granny J.K. Rowling's like that just kind of excuses her, which is really messed up." Oh, come on, sixty years ago, you know, people were never talking about this, so of course she's going to have a problem with it. Can we just move on? Can can we just move on? This is just being so hard on the fandom. I'm sorry, but you know, I'm not sorry, but people are literally being killed. And I understand because there are things I, I love and that mean a lot to me in pop culture and the people that made that stuff or that were involved in it are horrible, awful people. I understand the pain in that part, but do not tell people to stop speaking out about that. Do not tell people to stop being upset, hurt, angry, fearful, scared, all of that stuff because of that. It just really upsets me because, you know, and I'm not even saying like, you know, you can't still like cherish your memories of Harry Potter, but realize that the creator behind that is a transphobic, dangerous person and that um, you know, what she is saying helps to lead to death and horrible laws and all of that stuff. That's, that's what, that's all people are asking for is that you speak out about it and realize it. And if you're saying you're tired of it, just imagine how tired all the people who are, have all the hatred piled on top of them. Just imagine how tired they are. I mean, it's 10,000 times more tired than you will be about hearing about it. So that's my thing. So sorry, I brought the whole thing down, but I just am so angry about this. And there's a great TikTok that, I, uh, sh that I'll have to share somewhere so everyone can see or the link to it, where there is uh, someone who they're talking about you know, how people, the Chick-fil-A thing and not eating at Chick-fil-A. And then they start talking about this too, with the Harry Potter thing. So, so once again, we're not, I'm, we're not saying you can't be like, yes, I, I have so many friends that love Harry Potter and love that stuff and everything like that, but are also speaking out and saying, you know, I don't, I don't like the creator anymore. And what the creator is doing is harmful and dangerous. So yes. Yeah, so sorry, I brought the whole room down, but I just really wanted to just mention that. So Please, please stop. Okay, well, this will definitely lighten things up. So uh, last week, I briefly mentioned uh, the thing about Penn, Penn Badgley and Penn Badgley saying that he no longer wants to do 
intimacy scenes, he feels he's being unfaithful to his wife, basically. Since then, I have listened to his podcast episode where he talks about that. And he talks a lot about how, you know, leading men always seem that to be a leading man also means you have to have romantic relationships, which I don't agree that that should be the case, no matter what the whole thing about, you know, equating intimacy scenes that are fake with being unfaithful, how ever weird that makes you feel the part uh, that he is talking about, about how, well, I don't know if I can be a leading man if I'm not going to have intimate relationships on screen is messed up. You know, that shouldn't be a requirement. Um, but there still is such that the uh, the Twitter discourse and every discourse around this talking also about, you know, there'll be these posts about, oh, I just feel so uncomfortable watching anybody kiss on screen anymore. Or there was a time when there was no intimacy ever on screen. Why can't we go back to that time when that was the Hayes Code, which was actually a really dangerous thing? And so it's just interesting to me, this discourse that keeps going around about this. And it's funny because Penn Badgley, to me, seemed like somebody who was very much thought of as one of the good people in Hollywood. And it seems to me, and I could be wrong, maybe this has been something that's been brewing for a while, but it seems to me that since this happened, especially generation-wise, a lot of people seem to not like Penn Badgley anymore or are coming out kind of negative about him. So I also think that part's interesting. But so Carla, now that we've had a week to just be immersing ourselves in nothing but Penn Badgley and his <laughs> wants and needs, what are, your, <laughs> what are your thoughts on all of this? Well, you know, since we've had a week since you brought this to our attention and, you know, learning more about his actual stance and all of that. I think, first of all, people on the internet need better hobbies than to <laughs> develop firm ideas in something that is frankly not really their business. If he chooses not to have intimate scenes on screen, that's his choice. That's the end of the story. There's no need to dissect it further. Like his motivations, he, he's told you why. Take it at face value. There's no need to like inspect it any further than that. Also, he's not saying I want nobody to have intimate scenes. I think intimate scenes are inherently awful and nobody should be doing them. And I am putting together a committee to eliminate intimate scenes in all of everything that has i want to go back in time no he's not doing any of that he's just saying this is not for me as for whether it's a silly thing or not that he feels like it's a form of infidelity you know what yeah i think it's silly but you know also know what who cares you know my opinion does not matter when it comes to this man's marriage just as his opinion should not matter when it comes to mine or anybody else's. It's his marriage. If he feels uncomfortable kissing people and making out with them and having sex scenes with them, then that's him. And that's that. That's that. That's all we really need to know about it. Because we can't... I also think, you know, think about it this way. A lot of the time when you reframe it and it's ridiculous that we have to do this at all when you reframe it as like what if this were a woman what if this were a woman actress saying you know i feel personally uncomfortable having to 
to feign intimacy with these people on screen. It just makes me uncomfortable for whatever reason, for whatever reason. I think a lot, a lot more people would rally around it. And it's just that idea that men should be sexual and men should inherently be comf- comfortable with this kind of stuff, especially on screen where you're faking it anyway. And again, it's a personal thing. You know, who, who is it hurting? It's not hurting anybody for him to say this. At most, it's going to hurt his career. And that's a whole other thing that we can get into because that shouldn't happen either. The fact that somebody doesn't want to have an intimate scene, that they don't want to kiss somebody or, you know, lay on top of them and pretend to do stuff should have no bearing if they're a talented person. You know, if the material calls for something to be more intimate, then this actor is not going to qualify. But a lot of the times, a lot of these scenes can be gratuitous. I'm not saying that they always are, but a lot of the times they are. And that's true whether the person who is feeling uncomfortable doing it is of any gender or no gender. It doesn't matter who they are. If they're uncomfortable doing it, they shouldn't have to do it. Evaluate whether what you are presenting on screen is something that matters to the story or whether it just matters to you because you want a steamy scene on the screen, whatever, you know, like we really need to to think harder about how we're making these choices in entertainment. Yes. As an audience, but also as people creating the entertainment in the first place. And there's also the fact that, Asexuality exists. Asexual people exist. Aromantic people exist. Why can't we have more representation of that? I think that only opens the door to portraying characters who are not interested in doing any of that stuff in the first place. The, the whole thing with um, Riverdale, when uh, they wanted to make Jughead, who is famously ace, they wanted him to have a romantic uh, relationship with with Betty and Cole Sprouse was saying, no, I don't want to do that because Jughead was not and da da da. And it just got vetoed out because it's like, it's a sexy TV show about sexy teenagers. So we have to do this. You know, what would have been really cool having ace representation on TV, but you know, Hollywood for as progressive as it, as it, as people think that it is could not be less progressive. As for people suddenly turning against Penn Badgley, again, get better hobbies. Because not liking somebody for something like this is ridiculous. You were talking just a little bit ago about people doing horrible things. This is not a horrible thing. This is having an opinion about what you do with your own body. This is his body to do with as he pleases or, or, you know, or not do with as he pleases. If you don't like him for something that he chooses to no longer do, Think about why you feel so invested in somebody else's bodily autonomy and why you think that they are suddenly not, I don't know, like a good person, a likable person. Like, how does this make somebody unlikable? Like, this is like having opinions about what the best cheese is to go on on a cheeseburger. It's really not that big of a deal. You know, like, how is it affecting you? Are you ingesting the dairy? Are you lactose intolerant? Whatever. That's my whole thing because I'm lactose intolerant and I would really like a cheeseburger. But we're not here to talk about my digestional troubles. We're here to talk about how Penn Badgley deserves better than people 
just suddenly deciding that he's not cool because he doesn't want to do something with his body. Like, Jesus, come on. You know, like, this is not a reason to dislike somebody. This is a reason to maybe not watch his work in the, in the future if you're so very married to the idea that somebody has to have sex on screen, which honestly, why is that so important to you? Why does that matter so much to you as a person that you are suddenly considering this person not likable anymore? Which is a very soft way of saying, what is wrong with you? And I guess that's it for me. Yeah, and I, and I do want to stress, I do think it's important actually to listen to Penn Badgley on the podcast episode because even though, you know, I, I totally get why people who are actors and everything like that are talking about the fidelity part and how it makes them kind of uncomfortable feeling like, well, was he feeling like he was like actually doing something with the actresses that he worked with before or that kind of thing? I do understand that. But I think when you listen to him talk about it, it's very different than the way the discourse was. And it's very matter of fact, the way he says it. And really his main thing is how can I have a career without having that and feeling pressure to still do that? And then, and, but then having a great showrunner in Sarah Gamble, who, when he said in the fourth season, is there any way we can just not, I really would like to have less intimate scenes. I know we can't cut it down to zilch, but I'd like to have less intimate scenes. And she was just like, oh, yeah, no, I'm totally fine with that. And so also listening to that and going, well, more showrunners should be like that. More showrunners should be like when Cole Sprouse says, no, we are sticking to this character's sexuality. We're sticking to this, this character's ace. We're not going to change that. And actually listening to that instead of saying, no. But, but that's, and that, that goes back to what I was saying, you know, like nobody is shutting down the, the you know, sex scenes in general or makeout scenes or whatever the hell they are. That's not the point. Listen to what, to what, to, to the words that, that he's saying. Don't sit there and read somebody's thread on what they think he actually said under everything that he said. Yeah. And it's also interesting to watch the YouTube one. Um, just because I also think you watch when you watch body language, it's different too. So yeah. And Kim, you weren't with us last week to talk about this first. But so what are your thoughts on all of this? So when you first gave me the prompt and I started looking into it, because I hadn't he I hadn't heard him speak about this before. And again, like my first thought was, oh, this is overboard. Like we all know you're an actor. No one thinks you're actually cheating on your wife. But then I started to think am I going to shut down this human man who is being open and honest about a topic that's bothering him and actually coming forward with that? Like, no, that's like a rainbow. Like men don't express their emotions like this. Like I want to listen to what he has to say. And I ended up on like a couple of TikToks um, about that podcast that he does. And he had another um, conversation where he was talking about just like the world of celebrity that like he was out at like a coffee shop and there were people just like staring at him and how weird it was. Like, you don't know if people are judging you. Like, he talks about things in, like, a very open and honest way. Like, he talks about, like, therapy. And I get where he's coming from. And I also get that, like, this is a conversation that needs to be had. Like, it's it's easier for him to have it. Because, like, I, I wasn't aware that people, like, don't like him anymore. I really thought he was, like, a golden child. Like, everyone that I know loves him. From his point of view, it's very easy to say 
I don't want to do this anymore. And he's got, like you said, he's got a great showrunner who was like, I'm listening to you. I hear you and I'll change this. And that's amazing. But like for other actors, like it might just be like, okay, well, we're going another direction. So it's, it's very easy for him in this position, but it definitely was hard for him to come out and say it. I feel like the people who were mad aren't people who are fans of him. I feel like the people who are mad are those people who are like, where are all the real men? Where have they gone? Why don't they just want to have sex on camera? So it's, it's, it's annoying to have to think about all of this, right? Like, I just want him to enjoy the job that he's doing. Like, I want him to enjoy being an actor and make a great product, and I'm going to watch it. Um, I recently read uh, a book about uh, the TV show Buffy, um, Into any Gever- into Every Generation. And they do, the writer did interviews with actors who were very uncomfortable on the show. And I am a diehard Buffy fan. And now knowing that like people had the worst time of their life filming my favorite show is really hard. So like, I don't want Penn Badgley to go to work and be like, I hate doing this and I don't want to do this anymore because I really like the product he puts out. Like, why would you not want your actors to be comfortable and happy? So like, if he doesn't want to do any more sex scenes at all, like I'm fine. Like, that's great. Like, I don't even super remember. I, I do kind of remember the last one he did in that show because you is like a very, it's a very sexual show. So like, I get it, but I also get them pulling back on this. I don't think we've established his character. So it's not like he's someone who's like having sex in every scene. Like it's not necessary to, I don't think it's necessary to any like narrative, honestly. So like, I don't, I don't get the I get the pushback. The pushback is from people who aren't fans. The pushback is from people who want to be angry in the comment section about something. So I think Penn should do whatever he wants. I think there should be more showrunners that will stand up for their actors. For sure on that, the showrunner thing, especially. Yeah. And the, and the thing about Penn Badgley is, you know, he, you know, on that, that same podcast episode, they were talking about how you is a, you know, the romantic comedy part. And he's like, you think you is a romantic <laughs> or something like that? He's like, wait a minute. <laughs> and he's like, well, I guess we kind of present it the way that, and it's true. It's presented the way that rom-coms are, but more the reality of what a person like that would be like. And he's spoken very openly about that, how you should not like this person. This person is not a good person. And he's spoken very, very openly about that and um and stuff. but. Yeah, and he also, and I also want to say, um, in defense of his wife, because a lot of people aren't talking about that, you know, his wife is very supportive of him. And actually, he was like, maybe I shouldn't do this show because he had been thinking about not wanting to do this for a long time. It wasn't something that just popped his head. And his wife was actually the one who convinced him to do it, was like, no, you should do this show. And so also just, you know, she's probably feeling like, crap now too so there's also that part to it i mean i don't know if she is or not but um and tiff i should i mean i should go back and actually like listen to his podcast because i am in thorough agreement with carla and with kim on this is his body this is his career he should be able to move forward with it as he see as he sees fit doesn't matter if he doesn't want to kiss on screen. Doesn't matter if he doesn't want to do any type of what what's considered intimacy. But I do think that I have a different, in my mind, I have a different idea of what intimacy is as what he's saying. Because to me, the act of hugging can be intimate. The act of a foot rub or a back rub can be intimate. So I think he probably should have broken that down just a bit more, just to get a little bit more specific with it. But 
I am, I'm completely on board with that. If he doesn't want to do it, he doesn't have to do it. There's plenty of actresses out there who will not do nudity. It's in there. It's in their clauses. Don't come to them. Don't come to their agents with any type of script that has this in there. Sarah Jessica Parker will not do nudity. Point blank. She Now, did she do sex scenes? Yes, but that doesn't mean that her kibbles and bits were showing. They just didn't. Same thing with um, Jessica Alba. She does not do nudity. She's done very, she's had skimpy outfits on, but once again, no kibbles and bits being shown. So there's, there's a way to do things and still have a career. I don't think that that's necessarily, I don't think he should be as concerned with that part of it, about it as he is maybe not being, and the whole idea of being a leading man, we talked about this on Carla, Aaron, and I talked about this on our nineties film um, podcast when we were talking about the, how there are no real movie stars anymore. The nineties were filled with absolute stars. When we were talking about superstars, we were talking about Tom Cruise. You're talking about like Arnold Schwarzenegger. You're talking about Will Smith, you know, stars, people that can bankroll full films, green light films with no problem where they were just throwing money at them. Come and do our film, Tom, come and do our film, Arnold. Will. it's not like that anymore. It's not like that anymore. So he doesn't necessarily need to worry about that part of it because there are no like super duper duper stars like that anymore anyway. So I think he can kind of cool his jets about that part of it. I was thinking about though, like, in conjunction with the intimacy thing, I think it is important for every show, every production, no matter what, to have those intimacy coordinators yes. on set. I pulled up a uh, an article from uh, The Insider. This was from November 2021, where Gemma Whelan, who played Yara Greyjoy on Game of Thrones, was talking, of, she told The Guardian that the sex scenes on Game of Thrones were not choreographed. And she said actors were told to go for it, quote. So the scenes became a, quote, frenzied mess. Whelan added that actors had to check with each other to make sure no one was uncomfortable. You're talking about That's a show horrible. that made go billions of dollars. I'm talking about money on top of money. HBO had mad money invested into Game of Thrones. And you couldn't be bothered with all of the nudity, all of the sex on that show, you could not be bothered to hire an intimacy coordinator. That is unacceptable. That is absolutely, positively unacceptable. That is a way to ensure that somewhere down the line that somebody could possibly come back and sue you and sue your production because they were assaulted in some matter or something worse. That is, that's, that's what that is right there. This is not somebody who was, you know, like, oh, a fleeting part of the production. Yara had, you know, major, major scenes in that show. She was on there for a few seasons. So it's not like she was some kind of fringe character. So if they were treating like main, if they were treating like, you know, recurring actors and then principal actors like this, can you imagine what they were doing to the extras? Can you even imagine? That's so horrible. Oh, my it's gosh. awful. It's absolutely awful. And see, I know, like, for me, <laughs> this is exactly why I can't be an actor, because I'm a total prude about stuff. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm like, you want me to do what? <laughs> you want me to You want me to wear what? I'm reminded of that uh, the episode. I don't know if you all remember the episode of um, Living Single, where <laughs> Sinclair got the role on, um, on, 
on stage and she had to be, she had to run across the stage naked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Could not be me. Let's just say could not be me. Absolutely. Positively not. No way. No how. No, I, I need to be a nun or something like that. Give me all the nun roles. <laughs> I'll give me a nun. There you go. Oh, you're shooting it. You're shooting in a, uh, <laughs> at a, uh, at a, uh, not a monastery at a, Convent? Nunner, at a convent. Thank you. I, I was, was going to say nunnery. Yes. You need a mother superior. I'm your girl right here. <laughs> I'm your gal. <laughs> oh, no, I could be a, I could be a Mennonite. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, that also reminds me, like, recently I came across a, 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 a thing of um, – Apparently, Mindy Kaling was on the Conan show at some point way back when Conan had a show. And he asked her, you know, like, oh, you know, was there ever a moment when the power of being the showrunner went to your head? And she's like, and she just sat there and basically said to him, oh, yeah, there was this moment when Lee Pace was on my show on the Mindy Project where they're doing they're filming a scene on the bed. And it's like it's not a sexy scene in the least they're just sitting there talking and she decides she's like he's so close to me and he's so handsome so i'm gonna kiss him has nothing to do with the script it's not scripted it's not in anything that he was aware of so she just goes for it and he even as she's saying this she's like oh yeah and he was like taken aback but you know like he was there so and i really wanted to so i just did it and again you know and, and this is a show where there were plenty of moments where people were hooking up with Mindy. So clearly this is, and you know, this is uh, the show ran from like 2013 to um, like the two years that was actually good. And then whenever the hell it actually died out. But, you know, like I was aghast at this because I hadn't, I heard, I hadn't heard of this before. I hadn't heard her say this before, but it just goes to show you like, People who think that they can get away with something will try to get away with it. And that's why intimacy coordinators are so important. And that's why respecting people's uh, people as professionals is so important. So if Penn Badgley doesn't want to do something, he shouldn't have to do it. But it should, it should also go without saying that if somebody isn't expecting something to happen, it shouldn't be happening to them. That is absolutely horrific like i mean that is could you imagine you're just sitting there you're trying to do your job and somebody just pops one on you that's just because they think you're cute like what the hell yeah it's like okay are we not professionals are we are we not professionals this is our job let's let's be here to do our job if our job calls for kissing that's one thing but if the scene has absolutely positively nothing to do with that why is your tongue in my mouth right that is you know i find it interesting also though that Sarah Gamble took his, took Penn Badgley's concerns to heart. And I wonder on the flip side, if this was a woman saying the same thing to a male showrunner, how that would go. And I'm thinking we would not have the same, you know, Mindy's, Mindy Kaling's, you know, indiscretion aside, how would that actually fly? And I'm thinking it wouldn't fly too high. Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah. Um, and, and going to the intimacy coord- coordinator thing, and sorry, I'm going to get a little personal here, but I think that also needs to be done on, on film school sets as well, because 
for me, what happened to me was I showed up to a set where there was no sex scene in this script at all, showed up, my scene partner said, I got to talk to you, and said, he's added a sex scene. He wants us to have sex in this thing that had nothing. I had no, it didn't make sense for the characters. It didn't make sense for the scene. He just wanted a sex scene in there. And as a young, as, I mean, as an actress, as someone who is not powerful at that moment in time, and this is not in a, any kind of sense of having any kind of power, that is the most frightening situation to be in. And it escalated over a couple of days to where it was in like that, when you're talking about that Game of Thrones thing, where it was to a point where I was not in character anymore and I was crying and upset. And the director said, let's get that camera rolling. She's crying. She's upset. And pointed in my face and had him keep yelling, take your fucking clothes off. And so that's so the Game of Thrones thing to me is so reminiscent of that because it's the same thing of like, we're not going to coordinate this. Even though I told you the other day, it'll be just me and one other person. Meanwhile, there's like seven or eight guys that I don't know who they are around you. And the scene partner that was like in my corner is no longer my corner. So it's this weird power thing that happens. And so if you don't have that, because yes, you are faking it. It's not real. But at the same time, you're still being very intimate and you're still being very vulnerable. And so to take advantage of that and it's just so, so messed up. And that's why it really intimacy coordinators should be required everywhere. And I want to just stress the film school part of it because I think that's an aspect that gets lost, I think, a lot is because a lot of these film shoots, you don't have professors and teachers around. You don't have that. And you're doing them in kind of like, you know, places that you might not even have like a permit to be in nine times out of 10. So I think that's also important to have them there. So anyway, sorry, just wanted to get a little, so I'll no, add I, trigger warnings at the beginning of this, but <laughs> no, but I mean, but you're in total, I mean, it totally makes sense what you're just saying. I'm just thinking in my head that you don't go out there and say, Hey, you know what? F it. Let's do it live with stunts. Let's just do it live. Just do what you want to do. Yeah. You know, like throw that roundhouse kick in there, jump off this building out here, you know, fall off this, roll, <laughs> crash into this table. No, you have stunt coordinators to do this stuff. You possibly have, you know, stunt doubles to help you with these things or to at least, you know, like help you with angles and things like that. So if you have somebody to help you with the stunt portion of things, why wouldn't you have somebody to help you with the intimacy part of things? Because it's a dance. It is. It's a dance. It's not, you know, this is not just, this is not, yes, it's acting, but it's a dance as well. It's choreographed. And when you have choreography, you have to have somebody to help you along with the choreography. Yeah, exactly. So, so that's, I, I won't add anything else really too much on that because of, because of time, except for I will stress to go listen to that. Cause I do that podcast episode. Cause I do think um, it was very interesting and it was interesting also listening to the two other hosts and their reaction, but you know, once again, body autonomy and it is his, his right and his choice. And honestly, if you're going to look at a bunch of problematic people, Penn Badgley is down like <laughs> bottom pretty much. I mean, honestly, yeah. You, you know, and then people are now like, well, look at, he looks like he hasn't bathed or so. I, I don't know. I'm like, okay, people, let's just, 
are you just angry that you can't see Penn Badgley naked or something? I don't know. That's got to be part of it because. <laughs> uh, anyway. <laughs> Again, because we've talked about it a bazillion times, especially recently. Nobody is entitled to anybody's anything, even if they're a celebrity, even if they're an actor. Just you're not entitled to their private anything, including what you, their body and what you see on screen. Yeah, exactly. So. Okay, well, we are going to close out this episode, and I'm going to go around and have everybody say where they can be found and their podcast, Carla. Thank you, Erin. You can find Bedwetter Behead Podcast wherever you get your fine and refined and uh, also raw podcasts. Yes, your your podcasts that have uh, no fillers, no additives, except for added vitamins. I don't know. And you can find us on Instagram at bed.wet.behead.pod. You can find all of our retweets and nothing more at bedwetbeheadpod on Twitter. Look for us on other social media. Look for Bedwet or Behead Podcast. Follow us regardless of whether or not we post, whether or not we follow back, because eventually I will remember all of the passwords and I will do stuff <laughs> with those other social media platforms. You can also follow me and my musings and my art and photography and stuff at Carla Temis. Or my website, carlatemis.com. That's C-A-R-L-A-T-E-M-I-S dot com. I just tapped. <laughs> you tapped that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's how that's how I did the website. If you don't know what this is that we're putting in there, I always do something while Carla is. Erin gets talking. strangely sexual when I when I read out my pod, my um my website. It's endearing. And also slightly alarming. <laughs> <laughs> and Kim, where can they find y- your podcast and you? Um, so you can find me on Instagram. Uh, my handle is Kimplaints underscore NYC. It's like complaints, but Kim. Um, or you can listen to the podcast. Our podcast is about women that we judge too harshly. We recently covered Megan the Stallion. That was a very fun episode. Um, our Instagram handle is Big Reputations Pod, and through there is a link tree with all the other stuff that my co-host covers. The Twitter that I don't know—it's all on the link tree. <laughs> or if you follow me, I will personally bring you to the Twitter. Personally, like you personally, I will go to California. <laughs> we'll get on a plane. I will bring you to the Twitter building. <laughs> Building. Full service. Full service. The full service podcast. Wow. Man, we need to step up our game. <laughs> and Tiff. Well, I don't necessarily have such a great presence on Twitter anymore. I'm like a quarter time Twitterer, not even a part time, like quarter time. <laughs> but if you need to find me somewhere, I'm at who is tip with me, like across all social media platforms, um, mostly on Discord now, talking with my sexy ladies. So come give me a shout out. And I'm also available for your fine, non additive added podcast. I promise, even if I don't know what you're talking about, I'll do my homework. Yes. Yes. Tiff is a great guest to have on. So definitely reach out to Tiff. And this is Erin. Like I said, don't follow me on Twitter. Who knows? I'm maybe kicked off there with their new thing where they're not going to allow people that don't pay money to do the two-factor authentication crap. Um, So if I forget to get rid of that, we may be blocked out of there. So who knows? But uh, make sure to follow Fergie and all of her amazing antics. (laughs) 
cocaine Fergie now. She's she, <laughs> there's a little thing you'll see with her face covered in snow because she loves the snow. But I had to say cocaine Fergie. No animals harmed in the making of the Fergie yeah. videos. No actual cocaine was brought near the dog in the making of the cocaine Fergie videos. Thank you, Carla. Yes, distress. It was just snow, <laughs> like actual snow. <laughs> no, she not quote unquote snow. It was not blow. No, <laughs> it was snow, not blow. Yeah, but that is Schroeder and Fergs because Schroeder is my late dog, and that's S C H R O E D E R. A-N-D-F-E-R-G-S. I know it's long, but it's worth it. So go to TikTok. Make Fergie go viral. (laughs) Make her a star. She would be a really great movie dog, but she's so picky about other (laughs) things. But anyway, no, she'd be a great movie dog. Scratch that. She'd be a great Cast her in your horror movies. Yes. She loves blood and murder. I mean, like fake. She likes watching it. She doesn't like, she loves watching horror with me. So <laughs> she was very, she's upset. not a vigilante who escapes the house at night and commits like <laughs> justifiable murders, I guess. I'm just digging holes for myself all over the place. I no. want to see that movie. <laughs> <laughs> I need that script written. I want to see that movie. <laughs> hey, that'll be the next thing that the dream makers come have done and Penn Badgley you can be in this there'll be no intimacy required you will be the owner of Fergs <laughs> there you go we, so we're making your dreams come true too dream makers yeah <laughs> um, she was very mad at me last night that I was watch, I watched two romantic movies back to back and she's like she would not cuddle with me on the couch because she's like you're watching you're not watching horror so I'm not gonna <laughs> She really does watch horror movies. I, that is not a joke. <laughs> uh, but be sure to like the show on Facebook at facebook.com slash it's a fandom thing pod. On Twitter at fandom thing pod. No, it's in that one. On Instagram at it's a fandom thing pod. On TikTok at fandom thing pod. Oh, no, at it's a fandom thing pod. Sorry. <laughs> if you have any feedback, show notes, if you'd like to be a potential interview guest on the show, Feel free to reach out to us at itsafandomthingpod.com and hit the contact us button there. That'll shoot me an email and I'll reach out to you as soon as I can. And on our next episode, we are wrapping up Black History Month. And we are also wrapping up, like I have I said on our um, Regina King episode, so in case you missed it, I'll keep announcing it. What I've decided we're going to do every February is we're going to celebrate four amazing Black women. So we're also wrapping up talking about the amazing actress, director, and hopefully I'm not cursing at saying this, but future Oscar winner, Angela Bassett. So that'll be a ton of fun. I know. Sorry. I, <laughs> I'm pretty positive she's going to win, but I know I should stop trying to curse it. Sorry. Sorry, Angela. <laughs> so until next time, remember, it's a fandom thing. Black Lives Matter and Stop Asian Hate.